Call Steve Witherup. Calling Steve Witherup. Mobile. Hey. What's up, man? How you doing? You know, just, uh, your kids ever go to bed at a weird time and you are both happy and sad because you know it means it's just going to be weird later? Like, Zeke fell asleep way too early tonight, which is not common for him at all. So you're afraid of, like, middle of the night wake up or 6 a.m. wake up? Uh, no, it's, yeah, I'm afraid of, like, a like a 2 a.m., like, all right, let's do this thing. <laughs> Breakfast and let's go. He al- Yeah, he already wakes up, you know, uh, like at least once or twice in the night and has some excuse. I, I'm t- thirsty. I need water. And it's, no, you don't. I don't know. Anyway, maybe he does. It's just irritating. When, at what point did you start getting full nights of sleep? Like uninterrupted, not even once. Oh man, that's a good question. Has it I happened don't... yet? Well, yeah. I mean, yes, it does now. But normally, though, it it's because I'll also wake up and there'll be at least one or two that have come in during the night. Oh yeah, and, you know. So and sometimes I don't even wake up. It's just. Oh, you were here. Yeah, I want to do a, uh, I want to do a diagram of like the Tetris of our bed each night, <laughs> yeah. like and post it online <laughs> because every night it's a new shape. There's some configuration. One, you know, well, one, I don't know. I, you know, I don't uh, make a lot of splurges or whatever as far as you know, like luxury items not this is a luxury item but i will never not have a king size bed (laughs) yeah 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 and i i've thought about like you know how shack has a much larger bed than even a king size i've even thought like i wonder if i wonder if there's bigger than a king but yeah yeah yeah, i'm never going any smaller than that and i guess i'm at an age now which i thought about the other day we went on a trip and there's a there's a period where at some point you are excited to go to hotels because hotel beds are just a lot nicer than yours. And then there's a point in adulthood where you go, I now have a nicer bed than every hotel that I've stayed in. And yeah, I'm excited that's... to come home. <laughs> I don't know what that age is for a lot of people. I think it, I'd suspect it's probably like 30. Yeah, that's the, the you cross the threshold into adulthood i guess and yeah i guess yeah but speaking of all of that this is kind of weird to me because this is today is sunday october 4th and tomorrow my oldest is a teenager oh my gosh yeah asher turns 13 tomorrow which is you know and I mean, of course, time goes fast for everybody, but you know, if you're a parent, you can relate to this probably on a whole nother, another level. And it, it is strange. I mean, and, and it's scientifically proven kind of like the older you get, the more time tends to be perceived at a faster pace. And I just, I was thinking a lot today 
uh, about, you know, just the day he was born. And I mean, that's a whole big story uh, for another day or whatever. And just everything that led up to him. Well, here's here's one just small snippet of it. You know, a lot of people who have been part of, you know, our church, whatever, have heard me say, you know, Beth and I literally dated um six minutes <laughs> well it was it was two weeks <laughs> before we got married one of which i was out of town for the entire week so and then <laughs> i came back and we got married and that's another long story but anyway three i think it's three weeks into that marriage you know our plan was to have kids eventually but definitely not three weeks into our marriage and so it was just this weird whole thing and he he came early and this this whole whirlwind around it and uh but man i just i don't know it it's just it's strange to think that he is 13 tomorrow and he's just he's such a unique cool kid and uh i don't know he i don't even know where i'm going with that other than just i am reminiscing about all of it today of course yeah that's that's insane i mean it's happening to us even with zeke thinking about the fact that he's just a kid kid now he's not a baby Mm -hmm. he's not a toddler it's just that whole section is gone so we'll look at pictures from two years ago and just almost immediately cry like how is the how has this happened so i imagine teenager that's just so bizarre Asher sends me some of the funniest text messages of any person that I know. He, oh, he's, and listen, I know every parent says these sorts of things, you know, and, and of course they should, but he's just, he's, un, he's uniquely brilliant in ways that like, not, you know, I mean, he would do good in school or whatever, but it's like, it's not in the obvious ways all the time i mean he he plays classical piano by looking it up on youtube and one day later being like hey dad listen to this type thing and you know the things that he likes he just absorbs and thrives in he knows every single fact about every single reptile that has ever been on this planet and you know he piano and i don't know it's just it's cool to watch it's it's just it's amazing to watch your kids develop and of course you mourn the things that uh you have moved past i mean you know when you see pictures like you were saying about like when zeke was younger but i mean just the things that he is discovering i mean how cool is it to how cool is it to watch a human being evolve well it's so bizarre to me like there are things that are obviously reflections of Chelsea and I where stuff that he's seen in us or, you know, he's uh, just mirroring stuff that we've done or I'll see him react sometimes and it's a carbon copy of Chelsea. Um, But then there are other ways where he's just his own human being. He's his own little person. And it's like, who are you? How How did this happen? Like, where did you come from? I, I found myself saying that to Maggie a lot. Like, <laughs> who are you, little? Like, it's, I don't know. It is a very, very strange and trippy thing. Um, this is a 
tangent, but did Asher show you the uh, the voicemail that he got at like one o'clock in the morning a few days ago, or maybe last week? <laughs> yeah, from that elderly woman. That is just absolutely fantastic. I'll tell yeah. you right now, Terry. You'll have this car back in thirty minutes. You'll never see my car again. Oh, I just want to, like, I so badly wanted to know the backstory on that. Yeah. And yeah. So what, I mean, basically what it was, uh, probably a grandmother dialed the wrong number. I'm guessing reach trying to reach her grandson who took her car. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect though. Yeah. Uh, you want, you want me to read the Philippians text? Yeah, and actually, without trying, a lot of what we just said kind of plays into this as life moves forward. As as always, we planned every word of what we just said. Yeah, that's uh, it's why we it's why we rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's strange. My dad does rehearse sermons like he, he'll he be driving like uh what if he's driving he can just do it freely but he'll he'll be out in public sometimes and put airpods in and he's rehearsing parts of sermons or comedy stuff it's weird yeah all right let's see here philippians 3 4 through 14 if anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh i have more Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I've come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. And I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So there are obviously a hundred things that people uh, point out in this text. It's, it's, extremely famous. I mean, all of Philippians is. Um, but the part I would say that most people kind of cling to or that they uh, latch on to is the forgetting that which is behind and pressing on to that which is ahead. And that feels like a universal thing that we all need. Yeah. And sometimes I think, you know, of course, context is, you know, one of the most important ingredients that you will be told um, is part of like biblical interpretation, all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, sometimes there's just these nuggets that just 
stand out and that you can just almost take in isolation and just really expound upon um, in ways that are very, very meaningful to the way in which you ex actually experience life. Yeah, there, there's almost no one who doesn't have something that's in their past that they desperately want to move on from. Like there's, I don't know, there, you're right. There are things where it's, it's beneficial to figure out what, what the Greek, uh, what the Greek word for forgetting is and kind of parse that down or look at the big context of what Paul's actually talking about. But sometimes there are these texts that just kind of arise out of, obviously out of a specific context, but that we can latch onto and that just feel universal. And, uh, and this, this feels like one of those. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't, of course, it doesn't negate the, the fact that it also belongs to a larger letter that Paul's writing to a specific congregation, you know, but it's like, um, well, you were talking earlier, I guess, before maybe we started recording, but just that this is the type of thing that just really, really, uh, resonates with, with people. Yeah. I guess one of the things that, um, is interesting about the job that, that I have and that you have and the, the place that we have in people's lives. Um, people, there, there are times where I will talk to people that I don't even really have a relationship with and we're immediately into the deep end quick because, you know, they see me as serving a purpose or a role for them and they, you know, they're, whether it's confessing things or whether it's just opening up about past hurt or whatever. Um, and so, because of that, whether it's newer newer friends or if it's people that I've known for a long time, um, I just have um, such an intimate picture of the things that people are carrying, and you know, I I, uh, I did a I did a wedding a few weeks ago, and um, as I'm doing it, it like it's so clear to me all that these two people are carrying into that moment and the things that are in their past, the things that, you know, have happened to them. And I guess one of the like revelations that I'll tell people sometimes is that like, uh, not revelations, but one of the things that I think people find interesting or um, find comforting is that like just how universal deep pain, deep trauma is and the things that, we walk around with and uh, you know that most people will never learn about or most people you, you would never tell most people or whatever. Yeah. I, and I know that you have way more of those types of conversations even than I do. But, but the other day I, I had the, the thought after having um, a handful of those throughout the day like, you know, is this the way most people, like, is this the way most people talk? Like, do most people have these types of conversations throughout the day? Because, <laughs> and, and that's not, that's not patting ourselves on the back. Like, no. It's, no, but what I'm saying is like, 
it's amazing to me that if you give someone a little bit of space to talk about or a little bit of a green light to talk about the way in which their past has formed their present and then where they are now trying to to navigate like it they they are just longing for those opportunities to uh talk about those things out loud to someone who will listen and offer any kind of any kind of wisdom in regards to how they should then navigate the way they move forward yeah i i think that i think that most people whether they're conscious of it or not are carrying like i don't know if i talked about this on the podcast the other day or not um if i did just you know i'm sure that uh i'm sure that no one will remember it except you maybe uh i had a dream a few months ago that i was in like a banquet hall kind of a thing and i i was walking by all these people and it were it was people that i went to this one school with in middle school for a couple of years and it was a prep school and it was a private school and I got scholarship to be there and all these kids were super, super rich. And the girl that I was dating was, a her, her dad was like a stockbroker and she got a Z for BMW for her 15th birthday so that she could do her like learner's permit stuff <laughs> with like a, you know, 50 or $60,000 car. Um, and I don't really have any awareness of, like feeling super left out. Like I'm not holding what I feel is like a conscious awareness of that pain or whatever. But what was strange is, is that I had like was walking by all these people that I don't even honestly remember their names. I haven't thought about them in 20 years. Um, But I was walking by all these people and I saw their faces and I remembered some of their names in the dream. And, uh, it was anyway, it was just like weird healing thing that I didn't even know that I needed where I was like seeing these people with compassion in their lives now as not seeing them as a 13 year old that was kind of on the outside looking in of their weird cotillion social circle kind of things, but was seeing them just as like just people. And, uh, anyway, that to say, I I was talking to Ricky, um, my spiritual director about, about that and about like all of those, things that we are carrying that we may not even have any awareness of, but are in some way like directing us. Like they are, they are still, they formed us. They, we are the product of all of those experiences, memories, all those things. And so I don't know. I just think that, I think that all of us are carrying that kind of stuff. And every person that we encounter is also, you know, carrying their own stuff. And so I think it should lead us to a place of compassion or whatever, but I do think that it is universal. Yeah, it's no one would want to admit, you know, that like at 30s, 40s, 50s, or however old, that you're still having these shower conversations with yourself about things that happened in middle school, (laughs) you know? Right. But, but we are a product of we're a product of all that we've we've experienced and all you know all, everything 
from, you know, beef. I mean, I think while we were in the womb until whatever age we currently are, we're, you know, we're a product of, of all of it. And it's a lot to process. It is. And so when we look at a passage like this passage in Philippians, and it's saying like forgetting that which is behind, I don't think that it means not acknowledging it or not uh, right, not being willing to 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 look at it. Like it's, I don't know. The, there's this Carl Jung quote that I I read a few years ago that I probably think about once a week, and he says. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So so I do think it's important. Like I do think remembering and bringing those things into awareness is important and in fact may even be a part of, I don't know, like almost like you have to remember in order to forget or something um, because otherwise it's just avoidance or something. Does that Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, well, and Paul, you know, Paul, even in this passage, mentions the things that are part of his story, what has formed him. Yeah. Like, so he acknowledges that, you know, his adherence to the law and the way in which he has vehemently studied and his zeal, his persecution of the church and all that. Yes. All of that is not forgotten to the point where he doesn't recognize it as things that have formed his present experiences. Yeah. He's not unwilling to talk about those things. Right. Yes. No, very much so. I mean, um, and we have to be aware of, of what has formed us and where we have come from. I mean, because, you know, amongst the many things that it does, it, it helps inform us, in the way in which we make decisions as we continue to grow and continue to, to evolve. Like we know, um, we know what paths not to venture down based on previous experiences. Like Paul, Paul understands that the zeal that he had and, and the, the, um, strict adherence to the law and the way in which he he viewed all of that he understands that that is not something that he wishes to return to because he has tasted and experienced a new way of being right and until he's willing to to look at those things and to like if he if he is unable to see those things as they really were if he doesn't have this conversion moment and and then look back at his life and see that for what it was, then, you know, it's the young thing. He'll, it will stay unconscious and it'll direct his life and he'll call it fate. He'll just be a product of those things, passively letting those things happen and live through him and out of him without ever changing or transforming those. Uh, what, what's Roar say? If, if we don't transform pain, it, it'll, we'll transmit it or something like that. Um, it, we just continue to live out of old scripts, false narratives, and um, I, I don't know. Yeah, because because life doesn't really give us a choice to not move forward, right? <laughs> yeah, like, right. What what's the what's the alternative? 
Yeah, because it's like no matter what, no matter what we have experienced or the things that we have gone through or the the pain that we do carry or you know not even just pain but like whatever whatever it is that represents our past whether it's something that is similar to Paul's experience where and I bet a lot of people kind of do relate to that if, if you know and we we mention this kind of stuff all the time but like if you grew up in church and like the strict adherence to a certain way of being in the world and like this way in which this faith was given to you um if that represents something that you um maybe no longer adhere to or, or whatever the case is like life doesn't give you a chance there is no pause button there is no rewind button there is no you know back 10 second button it's like we are just continually moving forward and the challenge is how do we how do we best do that right i mean in in full view is uh in the text is that which is ahead and so I, I guess the alternative is to let whatever was in the past rob what's in your future and without being too preachery and, you know, trying to give out, you know, quotable lines or whatever. I do think that that's extremely important. I think that uh, there are a lot of people that are allowing, like they're so paralyzed by what's happened to them that they allow it to like rob what's to come. And so that's one of the things that's the most heartbreaking thing for me. And it's in so many cases, it's, it's not their own fault. You can't even really fault them for it because of the pain that they've experienced. It's not, you know, illegitimate. It's not like it's fake or it's, uh, something like that. It's, it's extremely real stuff, but I can see like who these people are going to be in the future if they'll allow themselves to move through this and to get beyond it. You know, not just, I'm not talking about like bypassing uh, human emotion or something. Like obviously you have a period of grieving or you have a period of like processing it. But if you always stay there and that becomes the defining thing for you and you don't allow it to transform you into the person that you're going to be next or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah. And, and so this image that I'm about to, to give doesn't, um, discredit or not, um, legitimize, you know, things that are actually present in people's past, but, you know, like we said, life, doesn't give you the option to not move forward. So think of life as like this current that is just slowly, you know, just pulling everything, everything forward, you know, and you don't have an option to, to get on the shore, but a lot of people live life in a way that is just simply looking back at a point at a specific point. And it's like, they're fixated on it. And so they're missing everything else that is happening currently but but they are moving forward they're in the current and life is pulling them forward but they're fixated on on past points and they can't just they can't spin around and look to where the current is is taking them yeah i mean that takes on various forms i mean it it can range in from extremely significant stuff or it can be people looking back at just one small thing and fixating on it 
And you're right, though. It, it, it takes you out of what, what you're moving toward and the experience of being in the water at that point to stay with that metaphor. Um, it's, yeah, th- there's this weird, if, if, I don't know, if we're called to be present in the moments that we're in and allow ourselves to be pulled forward towards what's ahead, because we can't obviously can't change the past or what's happened. Um, looking backwards, it does just rob us of of what's possible. Yeah, and like you alluded to, it it it, it doesn't have to be these these grand things, but really, you know, all of us all of us need things on the horizon that that draws us forward like um all of us need to feel like there's new possibilities Mm -hmm. like none of us if if we imagine living a, a life that felt like in all categories you have arrived you know i mean of course no one thinks that or of course no one no one views life that way because we understand that that there's you know, this thing is, is, is this current or whatever we want to call it. This thing is, is pulling us forward. And so like, you know, we're, we've got our eyes to the horizon when it comes to, um, you know, vocation or, or what's next or what's, what's new. Um, you know, if you're married, like the possibility of children or, or another child or the next adventure or the next place that you're going to live or all of these things, like, they're they're important valuable things that um even the insignificant things they're valuable because they're all part of the way in which we live this life that we've we've been given yeah you you bring up relationships uh that wedding i was doing i read uh First Corinthians 13, because I'm extremely, extremely creative in my wedding sermons. <laughs> Cutting edge. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that the line, love keeps no record of wrongs. Uh, I think that there are marriages that are stuck in old patterns because there's this fixation on, like, previous hurts, things that you've held on to, and, uh, and you're allowing it to be the predictor of the future. Like you're, you are creating the future by continually fixating on that stuff. And there's these new possibilities. I mean, I'm sure you and I have talked about this before, but how many different people have you been with Beth since you guys have been married? You know, like there's so many, at least for us, there's so many new forms that Mm -hmm. Chelsea and I have taken on so many different roles, so many different facets of our personality that have come out. And if, if we're holding on to some previous iteration, whether it's the good or the bad of it, you know, like it, we had some golden era that we're trying to get back to, or we, we have some, there's some wrong or some hurt or something that we allow to be prescriptive and, you know, predicting what's coming ahead of us. Like all of it, all of it is is robbing the future of what's possible, this open future of like possibility that's ahead of us. And so I do think that it's pertinent for romantic relationships. I think it's pertinent for family relationships and friendships. And there are just so many people that like 
just thinking about it today, about people that I, I know that I have, you know, grievances against. There are these things, whether small or big, you know, like Chelsea said, somebody doesn't text her back. She's like, oh, it's no big deal. I get busy and forget sometimes. If somebody doesn't text me back, I'm like, I, I am, I, I will never forgive that person. <laughs> Got to be kidding me. And in so many cases, it's just, it's robbing me of having, uh, like, a a clear mind. It's robbing me of being present. It's robbing me of whatever. But it's also robbing the relationship of being able to move forward into what's next. And that's a stupid example. But there are so many things that people hang on to that they won't deal with or confront, but that are like just they are the thing that is marking the relationship. Yeah, it becomes hard becomes hard to imagine life in new ways when we get fixated in old patterns, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But yet God calls for a continual liberation of new possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, this would this is a much larger subject, um, but I've been reading a lot of stuff on the Exodus story recently. And one thing that I've been thinking a lot about is, and again, we won't necessarily get into this, but like the people themselves didn't have the mentality that allowed for them to be redeemable. And so it wasn't just that there was this oppressor. It was that they in and of themselves did not, were not in this place to imagine freedom or imagine new ways of being and well so much so that even once they were liberated they still wanted to go back of course yes and so like that god is just this forever is is forever creating and is forever drawing us into these new ways of being into new layers of of liberation that we get so fixated on on the way that we have previously experienced the world or the way that we have um, are these ruts that we have fallen into. And, you know, and I don't fault them because we are all guilty. It's easy. It's easy just to fall into old patterns and to shut ourselves off from future growth well how how could we not how could we how could we see a new way that our brain is going to work how can we imagine a future that's different than what we've experienced it's a hard thing to do and i think you said this this line a second ago but i've heard you say it a lot over the years and it's um it always stands out to me but that god is always about liberating potential like he is unlocking potential in us in the world in relationships and systems. And so if we'll lean into the God that is liberating potential and see those, you know, those possibilities, that potentiality, oh my goodness, there's a beautiful future ahead of us. Yeah. And the only, and, and, you know, and it takes risk to, to allow ourselves to, to attempt those possibilities. And, and in doing so, we're going to fail many, 
well, no, fail's not even the right word, but but we'll we'll make wrong turns or we'll and we have to be okay with knowing that reaching those new layers of 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 liberated potential means that we will take risks that we will abandon like or we will take we will make attempts at things that that we will discover to be not the fullest expression of of what we are called to do and you know and that's that's a vague way of 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 saying simply that like you know, we'll, we'll think that, well, maybe I want to be a firefighter. And so we'll try it. And it's like, nope, that wasn't it. Now, now what God, you know, like what's, what's next? Um, you know, and we've all had those types of, of experiences and it's, it's not a failure. It's part of the growing experience. It's part of you're you're developing tools to to use to recognize the better directions i heard i heard a clinical psychologist talk about that in a way that basically said that there's a lot of people who remain frozen in life waiting for the perfect opportunity or the perfect execution of their life. And the problem with that is that they wouldn't even be able to recognize that if it came because they haven't failed enough. They haven't exercised the muscle of trying new things. Yes. And so even if the right path landed in front of them, they wouldn't even be able to recognize it. I mean, all of that lands with me quite a bit because I think one of the most unhealthy ways of, of thinking um, for people is this idea that like God's will or whatever, you, you know, say fate, whatever you want to call it, is this static fixed thing and that we can miss it. And it, it is like a, a train that leaves once. And if you miss it, you're, you know, you, you're screwed basically. And I think the way in which we frame things is so important because it, you know, it's it's a limiting, uh, it's a potential limiting kind of a thing if we have the wrong frame on something, and being able to view the world as this open space of possibility of try and fail, and yet it's still you that is standing there that has the potential to try a new thing again. There's not like, I don't know, can't remember where I heard this, but about like this this sort of fixation that we all have that everyone in the world is thinking about us constantly. And like, <laughs> you know, like that we, we are these like micro celebrities and that if we make one wrong turn, we're going to be the subject of ridicule the rest of our lives. And like, it's you, you're, you're the only one that gets to live this one wild and precious life that Mary Oliver talks about you. Like, you are the one that has to live, you know, into your late years, hopefully, uh, but with either regret or deep gratitude because you've either you've either like done a lot with what you've had or you've had, you know, you've played it safe. And I don't know. 
you can you can create safe outcomes that are boring stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea Chelsea read me this Humans of New York series that they just uh, it's like an Instagram account that this uh, that they like highlight just random people from New York, but they did this like 30 something part um, series on this one lady that they met. And she was like a, I think she's in her seventies or eighties or something. She was like a, a a go-go dancer and a burlesque dancer. And this just wild story of marrying people in the mob and divorcing them and changing careers and just, all the wild intricacies and specificity in the story. And at the end of it, you know, she's in her eighties now and now is telling all these stories to this guy. And you're like, Oh my God, like so much pain, so much like hard stuff. But at the end of it, good Lord, she lived, you know, Mm -hmm. she did it. Like it's a story worth telling. It's something that, you know, the world is latched onto because she dared to to just do it, to go out and do it. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to s- probably end up being a burlesque dancer because I don't think <laughs> I'd have a very good career in it. But uh, I do think, I do think that it it is a challenge to us of not living safe and boring futures. Yeah, I mean, and and I know we're we we've strayed a lot from. Philippians. <laughs> this is exactly what Philippians was talking about. Yeah, we've completely strayed. But no. Um we told people we were going to. Yeah. But you know, and and it's not and of course it's a mixture of, you know, adventure and pract but uh but also mixed with practicality and you know you and you're responsible for the way in which you contribute to the world, you know, but, um, but like that woman that you were talking about, but that journalist wasn't sitting on, you know, the edge of their seat, just anticipating the answer to these questions about like, you know, how's your 401k doing or, or all these very, you know, just, practical things that uh have come to be very commonplace in our life like we love to talk to people who have dared to break out of the norm and be pulled forward in life in new and in uh, exciting ways and you know that's and again that that's not to live recklessly god doesn't God doesn't call us to live recklessly, but God calls us forward into new adventures. I mean, whether going back from, you know, the, you know, whether it's the Abraham story, the the Noah story, the Moses story, like all these foundational stories are all about these people being called of called out of what was known and into new adventurous ways of experiencing this God given life. And in every one of those long periods of wrong turns and screw ups and ups and downs, and it's always somehow falling forward. There's always some, like nothing is wasted ever. And to play scared, you know, that, that as if it's possible 
to waste your life by uh, going in the wrong direction or something is to let uh, that fear rob your future. Yeah. And I mean, you and I both could just give so many stories and examples of just like, I don't know, like a failure is not the right word, but what, whatever the better word of just like, okay, not that. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and, and it's not, something to be embarrassed about but it's something to use as as a springboard moving moving forward and and it's and it's never too late to to turn your eyes to the horizon to see what the next thing is that god is is calling you toward you know abraham what basically lived in his father's basement until what he was 70 or or older, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's, this isn't just, it's not just a message for, you know, the 18 year old leaving or getting ready to go to college and, you know, launch out into, into life. I mean, this is, you know, you might, if you're, I mean, I'm, married and four kids but beth and i are always looking to the horizon what's next you know like where where's where's the next thing that we need what what is more more true to us that we need to be moving toward right yeah i think that's a good place to stop i think that having having the willingness to see the future as possibility and and that you know you're not resigned to one option of how something is going to end, but that you have this beautiful freedom of knowing that it might be totally different than what you think it's going to be as it stands now. And I just, you know, those kind of free spirits that you meet that they just don't feel, I don't know that there's this lack of fear about what's, what's ahead of them. And you just know that they're going to end up in, interesting and fun situations and places. And I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to get into that place more and more as, as things get more and more kind of, uh, complex. I I think I, uh, I'm trying to like really lean into being open to what's ahead, I guess. Yeah. And the obvious thing is this current, climate or situation kind of lends itself for many people to reevaluate those types of of questions and and consider those types of thoughts of like um i mean we've done it with the church what's what's the future of neighborhood look like what are we going to be what what is this new uh you know season what 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 are we going to how are we going to pivot? How what 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 do we need? Uh, what do we need to be leaning into? Yeah, and I guess what's exciting to me is that this moving forward is also, I I believe, a a return to a a, 
a more rootedness that we have lost from our past. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, why don't you pray for us to end? God, as we close uh, this time, just ask that you would be with everyone who has listened to this, God, in a way that they maybe have not experienced in quite some time, God, as they have been burdened by anxiousness and fear. God, maybe their response to that has been to grip tighter to what they currently hold on to and to on grip tighter to what life currently looks like. And they are afraid to lose that. But God, maybe you could break through that. God, and offer new possibilities, a new sense of freedom that people haven't experienced in a while, a new sense of, of hope as they look to the horizon. God, a new belief, God, an assuredness that that there is a spirit of love and of life that is calling them forward. God, may, may the things that are behind us not be anchors that prevent us from moving forward, but may they be experiences that teach us, that form us, that shape us, God, that strengthen us to become all that it is that you would have us to be as we seek to live in the moment, God, present to the gifts that we have been given. God, but aware that you are moving us forward, calling us through those moments, God into new moments. Have your way in and through us, God. And help us to allow for you to liberate all that is possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.